Hey, Hound Dogs. I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. Uh, this week, uh, since we're coming to the end of summer, sad, sad to say, uh, we thought we'd take a look at uh, summer reading, which is something that's kind of uh, as much as summer movies. People are, are supposed to lie by the beach and lie by the pool and read a book, which we haven't done, but we have actually read books. Yes. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about the books we've read and kind of why we read them. All right. And not necessarily get into... Uh, if they're good or bad necessarily that's not the point of this but just sort of the books we've read all right all right so let's start with you okay (laughs) (laughs) uh you've read uh, a lot of middle grade fiction this this summer yeah and tell us about that uh well i'm currently uh working on a book that's aimed at uh middle grade readers i don't want to get into too much detail at the moment Mm mm-hmm uh, partly because I don't want to like promise something. Um, you don't have to talk about it. But uh, I figured uh, since I'm writing middle grade, I might as well also read middle grade to mm-hmm. see my, what my competition is like and also just to get a better sense of how uh, authors have written for that genre. Right. So tell us some of the books you've read. Uh, well, I have a list. An exhaustive list to go through. Uh, yeah, I should actually, I need to actually write notes down about these while I still remember. Okay. Um, I kind of started in May, so if you don't mind me starting from around. No, that's fine. Well, well, you know, summer is sort of in the mind, isn't it? Um, so I read a mix of, like, uh, just like regular books and then uh graphic works uh-huh. uh so i read uh wonder each of us a universe uh two dronimo stilton books a thea stilton book uh every single installment of the bad guys mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> the uh, Ralph S. Mouse trilogy, which is Mouse and the Motorcycle, Runaway Ralph, and Ralph S. Mouse. Uh, Benicula, A Rabbit Tale of Mystery, which is the first book in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Power Up, uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, and one of the follow-up books, otherwise known as Sheila the Great. My video game, Ate My Homework. The first Dogman book, called Dogman. Mm. Uh, the first Pup Detectives graphic novel. Uh, the first All the Wrong Questions book. Uh, the first Dork Diaries book. Uh, two volumes of Phoebe and her Unicorn. Uh, Smile, Rabbit Chase, and the first Arcade World graphic novel called Dino Trouble. Wow, took quite a lot. I actually have some of them in this stack over here. So, um, have you have you learned, you know, something that you didn't already know about writing for that genre? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, so structurally, I realize uh, middle grade books typically have uh, short chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, how short they are depends on the kind of book it is, of course. But um, I realize that's uh, partly because of the reading level and also partly because uh, it's designed so that I realize it may possibly be designed so that uh, kids could be reading it on their own so 
uh, like in verse mm-hmm. or parents are reading it with their kids at, in different situations like at bedtime or something. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so the story, the story would move forward but not like we'll come back to chapter two tomorrow kind of deal? Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, the subject matter is uh, the camera went out of focus. Uh, the subject matter is typically uh, see I guess more kid friendly mm-hmm. um, it can handle uh, it can bring up uh, some uh, relatively heavy subject matter uh, yeah. depending on the author um, but otherwise it's not like uh, too complex it's something that uh or if it's a more complex subject, it's done in a way that a someone in that from eight to twelve can understand it. So you read Beverly Cleary and Judy Bloom. Now, have have those kind? And you've read some more modern books. Have, yeah. have Has there been a shift in how the stories are told? Um, I don't think I've read enough modern stuff to really give a definitive answer on that. Okay. Um. Are the subject matters different or anything like that? I would say um, I'm actually not quite sure because okay. uh, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. Right. Well, I got the impression that over the decades, um, the there are obviously with middle grade there are just as many genres as there are with other demographics, right. and there are just as many writing styles as there are authors. Uh, I noticed uh, Judy Bloom uh, has. I know noticed that Judy Bloom uh, and Beverly Cleary are able to uh, capture like the mind of a child really well. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, with their storytelling and uh, managed to make the subject matter relatable, even like. When I'm reading it now. Oh, okay. That's that's quite the feat. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I guess one difference is uh, one difference between like the writing back then and writing now is even though there are some timeless works like from Judy Bloom, Beverly Cleary, uh, there's usually like one small detail that clues you into like oh this was written in like the seventies or something. Oh, oh, that's right. Like uh, for example, bringing up elevator operators or the milkman. <laughs> well, elevator operators and the milkman were gone by the seventies. Well, but, uh, <laughs> I just said the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, decade. Yeah, but that kind of dates the work a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other, the story is otherwise timeless. Yeah. It's sort of like stories that don't have cell phones in them, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> they don't have cell phones. <laughs> Break it to you. Uh, okay, so and, uh, yeah, I guess uh, modern modern writers that are set their stories in the modern day. Like, uh, I did not write down any author names here, but like each of us, the universe was a more recent book, and uh, it the setting feels more modern, but otherwise that book still tackled like. Uh, Okay, that that has, handles like uh, that talks about cancer. Okay, uh, and also like uh, still tackles a theme of like friendship or like having to uh, move on from a 
like dealing with a tragedy or dealing with like divorce mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Which is something kids have to go through. Yeah, and of course the universal theme of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Love conquers all. Uh, well, I got that's it's gonna date itself in a few years because it directly mentioned the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, uh, but that's you know a major thing, and I, I, I don't know if that's gonna kind of totally fade from. Yeah. I would imagine you're eight years old in twenty years now. Pandemic, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's just the setting feels more modern, okay. and maybe writers now feel more open about talk feel uh ready more to talk about certain subjects well I, I know with my own writing which is not the subject here i i i do bring up the pandemic right as impacting this person's life yeah yeah so it, it it's a real thing you know yeah and it's still going on to a certain degree all right um so covered middle grade fiction yeah and there and i have uh here. Okay, do you want? Is there something you want to share? Alright, so uh, this is the first uh, All the Wrong Questions book. Who could that be at this hour? Which I started reading mostly for myself because it's uh, by Lemony Snicket and it's related to a series of unfortunate events which I read growing up. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when Trevor and I realized, oh, it's related, and we uh, figured we should read it. Uh-huh. Uh, I read uh, Smile because this came up in a lot of uh, middle middle grade lists, and uh, actually I actually got this copy at Comic Con. <laughs> is that a is this a more modern it's Eisner winner? Is it a more modern book? Uh, yeah, the cover art is copyright twenty ten. So okay. oh. ten, 12, yeah, 12 uh, <laughs> it's uh, Raina Talgemeyer. Okay, uh, talking about sharing it's a autobiographical memoir that's uh yeah it's a memoir yeah it's an autobiographical story uh where she uh talks about uh what it was like growing up and having to do all this having to go through all this uh dental work Mm -hmm. this complex dental work and uh it was actually uh and uh yeah that was uh an interesting read okay uh, now, you get, where'd you get that at Comic Con? The Scholastic booth. Okay, was that the same time you got the other books? Sorry. Uh, was this a different Scholastic? It was a different setup. I guess Scholastic had a booth. Yeah. Okay. Um, Move on. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh, because of. Because I read Smile, I also read. I'm also currently reading the first uh, Babysitters Club graphic novel adaptation. Now, I I want to sort of bring this up as sort of old. It's a little old school. You went to the public library to check that out. Yeah. You didn't read it on your Kindle or on your computer. Yeah. So I'm just trying to say that's kind of a. Yeah. No. Most of the books that I read off a couple of minutes ago uh, were. Me borrowing books from the library. Yeah, that's good. I mean, libraries have purpose. Still, a lot of times people think that oh, we don't need libraries anymore. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm in the middle of reading this. Okay. And uh, I got more invested than like a younger me would probably have thought I would be from 
babysitter's club right because you know i was a little kid so babysitter's club to me was like four girls uh-huh. <laughs> then uh because of my middle grade journey i've been reading stuff that's four girls is part of that so um less against reading stuff for right. that demographic okay and which is you're growing as yeah. a person and i'm not i'm not going to deny myself a good story right okay good uh so this is the second uh phoebe and her unicorn collection uh phoebe and her unicorn phoebe and her unicorn uh started off as a uh, web comic called uh, heavenly nostrils Mm-hmm. reference to the unicorn marigold heavenly nostrils yeah. uh, but then it got picked up for newspaper syndication and oh. so the title changed to Phoebe and a Unicorn okay. uh, we got this uh, my book involves video games in some capacity yes yes it does major capacity so I've been reading game related stuff like this okay now you're a gamer. Yes. Is, is this true to gaming? I mean, you, did you or did you sense it's like you know when the when the dramas on television try to bring up gaming and don't understand it? Um, I there are more writers now that are gamers, but uh, even uh, from those authors, uh, I get a little tired. I got I get quickly. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to mm-hmm. say this the right way. Even while I was, uh, even as I was growing up, and of course even now, I've uh, I've gotten sick of like super generic depictions of gaming. I get maybe that's supposed to be more accessible, but I think authors should be more okay with getting specific into the game because, uh, and there's also like how in Space Jam Two as an example, oh, okay. uh, they use a. Uh, just that's fine they, they feel like they could just use video game logic to just do whatever they want but video games actually have rules mm-hmm. even uh games that don't appear like they have rules have rules and uh they have a world they've set up they yeah. have to, it has to work within that world you can't just yeah. with, you, know, you can, but then people go, oh, that looks really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and a lot of the time, the game isn't convincing as a game to me. It's just like a fantasy world with video game dressing, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Or video game window dressing. <laughs> right. So, uh, it's okay to be specific. Okay. And then uh, I also read a recent one I recently read was Rabbit Chase. Which is uh, Alice in Wonderland, but uh, Native American. Okay. And uh, I have specific opinions on it. Okay. Right. <laughs> not not necessarily the elements, but just the execution of the elements. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people have ideas that don't come yeah. through the way they hoped it would. Yeah. I like the idea behind it. I just thought it could have been executed better. There was a... Uh, an image I saw, I think, on I want to say Instagram or Facebook or something, but it, here's the image in my head, and it was this re-detailed, you know, uh, image yeah. of, a, like, a dragon attacking a town. It was all very well, and then how it comes out, it was just like <laughs> this little sketch of a dragon. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that covers the middle grade portion of our show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the big events for us was going to... 
Comic-Con. Yes. And certain uh, books came from that going there. Yeah. Um, I want to start with, uh, and, and it, this is, again, not a review show. This is just what have we read. Yeah. Uh, I read this, uh, Monster Hunter for Hire, uh, which was written by Barry Gregory, who is the, I'll say, owner or culprit behind uh, Kablam in Indie Planet. I will say, I think it's Biff Stone, Monster Hunter for Yes, Hire? I'm sorry. <laughs> Biff Stone. And I yeah. want to say Biff Stone is a kind of a pre-existing character that was sort of in public domain. I'm not really 100% sure about that. Well, that's possible. Uh, that So he's sort of revitalized, and I think there's kind of a tendency, there was a whole panel that he was on about kind of taking co- un, you know, uh, public domain characters, and, and <coughs> I'm going to say that's a little bit of uh, Rick's, yeah, his stuff, I think, is a little, a little of that, too. I'm not, again, I'm not casting aspersions on anybody, but... Right. I actually met him at a small press and talked to him, so I bought his book. Yeah. And I'm sure he's read our book. Probably not. All right. Uh, we went to Image, which we go to every, you know, every year, and I bought this there. Uh, so it's Ed Brubaker's The Fade Out, which is sort of a film noir-ish story based in Hollywood, so there's a lot of things. I. Again, I like Brubaker's writing and his and the artist Sean Phillips. Um, I like their work together, and I like film noirs and I like Hollywood. So it was a, it was an interesting read, sort of uh, again, kind of uh, set in the '40s, which is a lot of the stuff <laughs> we're, we're reading recently is set in the '40s. Uh, but uh, so it was it was a pretty good read. Uh, as you, as I think you pointed out before the show, it's sometimes it's the journey as opposed to the payoff. Yeah, sometimes more about the journey than the destination. Right, and I think in this case that was a uh, kind of true. I enjoyed the journey. Yeah, uh, I have a couple other comics here that came from Comic Con. Great, let's do it. Uh, so one was uh, I just finished reading actually was a uh, Stabity Bunny, just. Mm-hmm. It started off as a started off as an independent focus on the book, <laughs> focused on it, uh, was yeah. originally an independent comic. It got picked up by Scout Comics and has been their highest, their best selling book. Okay, and the Bunny Estavity. Yes, uh, I could not tell you what the plot is. Okay. Make of that what you will. <laughs> um, I guess they recently kickstarted a volume two. Mm, all right. Um, not sure I'd Back read it. it. Okay. But you have to at least applaud them for making a successful indie book. Yes, I'm very impressed when people can do that. And uh, something I talked about before on the show, kind of. Uh, Stray Dogs. Uh, could not put it down, Good. or I didn't want to put it down. <laughs> okay. And then we later bought the uh, companion book, Dog Days, okay. which is worth reading okay. after you read this. Are they anamorphic animals? or Anthropomorphic in the sense that they, well, there's, in the sense that they can speak. Okay. Uh, yes, but they, it's like the 
dogs can only talk to each other right okay rule um otherwise i will say nothing because it's best to go in blind okay uh so prior to summer starting or the beginning of summer i don't know i remember being hot yeah (laughs) and a saturday we had to drive um if you live in la there's very few like barnes and nobles around yeah we had to go to calabasas which is close to where we live and i picked up this graphic novel the great gatsby i know it's not an original story f scott fitzgerald's book which i had not read honestly i've seen i saw the movie with uh robert redford and mia farrow and i might have been forced to read the book once um so i thought this would be a way of kind of more of a fun way to read it you yeah. know i don't think it's a really thick book to start with yeah but i thought it'd be kind of an interesting uh way and it was very i was surprised at how i think it was a little better than the movie yeah but it was sort of very similar plot wise to the movie yeah though i think well that makes that tracks because they're still both based on a book <laughs> yeah and, and, and but for this and i don't so i can't say oh this is really close to it yeah and i thought it was interesting there were when we went there were two different graphic novels of the great gatsby which i thought was kind of weird like you think somebody had the idea and then somebody else also had the idea at the same time or it's th- possible or they just are willy-nilly licensing this book or whatever i just thought it was kind of interesting so I, there, maybe the other one's better i don't know i just yeah. thought, i like the way this looked better at the time so i, I read that um we're also um as you know if you've been watching we started a comic book club yes uh sort of our own fashion book, book club so i was the one that actually of the f- three of us here <laughs> that read uh family spy spy family spy family yeah yeah right spy family it's, um <laughs> so it left to right um anyway so it wasn't the first manga i've read but it was it was very well done i liked it yeah as we said, so definitely, Turner still reading it. So. Yes. And for a future, which isn't going to be in September. Yeah. We're all reading Black Sad, which is a, it's described as written by Spanish. For it's a French uh, graphic novel written by Spanish right yeah writers and I guess the artist, and it's set in. U.S. in the 40s in New York. Yeah. Also, it has one of the stories takes place in New Orleans, but uh, it's again film noir ish. Yeah. Uh, Anthropomorphic animals. Anthropomorphic. Whatever how you pronounce (laughs) the word. Uh, And uh, anyway, I thought it was good. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. Again, I think it helps to be a little familiar with film noir. Yeah. Um. Camera went out of focus again. <laughs> yeah, as it's going to do. Uh, I have been reading, uh, and we've actually met him, yes. David Sedaris, uh, which is by a thousand million people have met him by now, yeah. but we met him. Uh, so I bought his new book, uh, which I am reading. I'm still reading it. You can see I have a bookmark in there somewhere. Um, he's got sort of rich guy problem <laughs> it's sort of not quite the every man they started out being because you know when, you, when you're dealing with issues with your second summer home you know it's kind of 
little hard to relate <laughs> as it used to be easier. And uh, I'm also reading uh, a collection, which I'm, again, you can see by the bookmark, I'm still reading it. Uh, Woody Allen, Zero Gravity, and I don't want to hear anybody, you know, but Woody Allen, blah, blah, blah. I, um, but anyway, so I'm reading this. This is not the place to talk about it. No, <laughs> this is a collection of works that I believe he's done. One of the reasons I subscribe to The New Yorker was the promise that Woody Allen writes for it, David Sedaris writes for it, and, okay, I haven't really seen Woody Allen since I've subscribed, and David Sedaris, I've seen one or two maybe articles. Um, so it's good to sort of get a collection. This is a little, I'll say less fun than some of his previous writings, but, yeah. uh, again, uh, I, you know, I, so I have to finish it first before I can say if I enjoyed it or not. But it's yeah. basically a collection of stories, essays, as is the uh, David Sedaris. So it's kind of, in some ways, Woody Allen kind of, I mean, he's written books before, which are a series of essays. His are more fiction to begin with. David Sedaris tries to base his kind of on his own life, you know, more. Yeah. And this is, you know, Woody Allen was more of a, was started out as a stand-up comic. Um, and can kind of easily write humor. Um, so he, I think he's kind of a little more mature as far as his approach. And David Sedaris, of course, is, you know, kind of, I'll say, the modern humorist. Yeah. So, anyway, those are the books I've been reading and, and mispronouncing all the words, apparently, as well. Um, I've also been still keeping up with manga. Okay. In general. Uh, one that I recently read was uh, One Piece Volume 100. Wow. Uh, you could probably tell my opinion of One Piece if I'm still reading your 100 volumes. Yes. And uh, li over literally over a thousand chapters. That would make sense. This volume actually covers uh, chapter 1005 to 1015. Which is 10 or 11? Yeah, and uh, I guess it's closer to the end of the Wano arc, which has been pretty long. And Now, it's an amazing feat to write that much. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, is there times you feel like it's filler or everyone, uh, every chapter hits it out of the ballpark? Um... The thing about One Piece is like there is no filler, okay. Because uh, at least in the manga, there is no filler. There's a ton of filler in the anime, which is why I stopped watching that. Okay. But the manga, uh, pretty much every detail becomes important later, even if it takes hundreds of chapters to become important later. Okay. Wow. All right. Like, uh, might be mispronouncing the name. There's a character. Uh, Story about it. <laughs> mispronounced many words already. I was going to say Silver's Relay. And uh, he was first seen in a very early chapter. And like hundreds of chapters later, he's a major character. Oh, well, it's very playing ahead, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh, was on uh, Gold Rogers uh, Pirate Crew. So he, he actually almost told Luffy what the One Piece is. But Luffy decided he wanted to find out for himself. Okay. And uh, One Piece is actually uh, entering its final arc in Japan. 
Ichiro Oda actually went on a uh, one-month hiatus so that he could, uh, at, le at least a one-month hiatus, so that he could uh, properly plan out the final arc. And how, long, how many chapters do you think that's going to be? Uh, 10,000. It's <laughs> at least going to be three years. Wow. So uh, that'll probably be over 100 chapters. It's like a chapter a week, right? Isn't yeah, except uh, Oda is a workaholic to the point where during the, I want to say during the Dressrosa arc, he uh, got hospitalized. Right. And uh, from overwork, it was to the point where he... He's a workaholic to the point where even on the hospital bed, he was still trying to draw one piece, and they had to physically remove the pen from his hand. Uh, you have to at least admire the dedication, no, but yeah. not to the point where... So, to, I mean... Is, so, because of that, he uh, takes uh, one week off. He is, he is mandated to take one week off a month for the sake of his health. Okay, so it's three chapters a month. Yeah. So it's 36 a year. Yeah. Wow, so a lot. Yeah. Or it could be, eight, well, 52, so it could be 40 chapters a month, depending on the week. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. Uh, and admittedly, as One Piece has gone on, uh, there have been some, like, pacing issues. Like, uh, Dress Rosa took way too long. And uh, Wano, to me, is feeling like it was dragging in places. But at least it doesn't have, like, at least it was not like Dress Rosa, where part of the bulk of that is there's like 15 flashbacks, and they introduce all these new characters. <laughs> uh, okay, with Wano, they do introduce like a million characters, but it's it feels like it's paced better and is at least broken up into acts. Okay. So this is like the third act here, or in the third act. So it at least has some sense of structure that way so it doesn't feel like it's dragging yeah. as much but the final battle it's like just defeat Kaido already <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any books you wish you'd read this summer uh, I'm going to hate myself because I can't I know the book I want to read but I can't think of the title <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't know about books I wish I had read, but as for books I'm going to read, okay. I'm going to read uh, TMNT The Last Ronin. So it's like, well, I wanted to read, I was curious about that anyway, but also we paid a lot for this uh, pre signed copy. Yes, I'd like to read that too, by the way. Again, you'll, get, you'll get your chance. All right. That was a hard thought. Okay. But it was, yeah. Actually, did I get like the last copy or something? There was something I got the last of, I thought. Maybe. Um, Looking for a title. Yeah, if I can get to it. Oh, actually, uh, it's not on here. Oh, alright. Otherwise, I was going to fill in the time talking. I could easily talk more about One Piece. <laughs> I'm sure you could. We could do a whole show on One Piece. but Probably. Um, I'm not going to. But, yeah, and then I also bought a book about... Uh, Again, when we went to Barnes and Noble, uh, about the history of uh, God, I can't think of the hotel. It's in was in the Godfather, yeah. not the Godfather, but uh, the deal or what was was it? The offer. The offer, Whew, man. <laughs> it's new glasses. They're screwing me up. No, the offer. Uh, 
the Chateau Marmont. Yeah. And this is a history of that. Because I was kind of curious because I, I think they paid, played kind of f- fast and loose with some stuff. And actually, I, I know they did. Uh, the thing you got the last one of at Comic Con was a bleached volume. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's all a blur. Yeah. But yeah, that's <clears> right. <throat> I did get the last one. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> we have a fact checker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I guess one last thing about uh, One Piece. Sure. Uh, just read the manga. The the anime's pacing is really bad. Okay. Like it takes half the episode for the new thing to actually happen. Because they spend half the episode. You could literally skip the first five minutes, and then it's the thing. But even then, and that's the story. But even then, they're adapting like half a chapter an episode. Okay. Which is why there are a thousand episodes. All right. Uh, but also all the filler. So the the pacing is just way better in the manga. So just read the manga. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I think that kind of wraps up our summer reading. Yeah. Uh, next week we'll have uh, Rachel and Julia will, will be joining us, along with Trevor. Yes. For our, and for our monthly team meeting. That's our annual team meeting, our monthly team meeting. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know what we're doing after that, so stay tuned. Yeah. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. <laughs>